I missed today. I was out yesterday, but I am back in full force today. Episode 278. We're going to do two stages. We're going to stage 12 of the Giro, uh, 11 of the Giro d'Italia, and then stage 12. There's some, look, came back. We did first day after the rest day, and then it just all hell broke loose. And we are going to cover those in some depth, along with some interviews and whatnot. Uh, stage 11, Camari to Tortona, 219 kilometers. And then Bra, stage 12, Bra to Rivoli, 185 kilometers. And the rain is relentless, people. Um, so we'll just have to deal with that. And, and then uh, all COVID. COVID's taken these people out. And I'm not going to really talk about COVID anymore because it's just it's, it's what it is. Um, and I think there's too much made of this specific um, reason that they're leaving. And, and the reality is they're, they're sick. I mean, I just saw Joe Dombrowski. They're, they're talking to him and he's like, I'm throwing up. I'm, okay, so he's, he's contagious. Um, but he's still in the race. So who knows? And then the weather. You listen to a cycling podcast, and um, all they—they sound like either RFK on climate or um, or or I don't know who they are. Not RFK on the on the COVID stuff. So uh, there's a lot of crazy shit out there. Anyway, let's get right to it. Let's get to, to the actual um, results or the um, stage eleven. Uh, the highlights. Um, it's rainy and, and, and everyone meeting beforehand, you guys already know all this stuff, but we're going to break through it anyway. Evidently dude, they're playing Agent soccer out there. Um, but there was, it was so bad and there was, you know, long stage that they, they were contemplating with the writers association of just canceling this stage altogether. Um, they ended up not doing it. And, you know, some of the sprinters teams might have wanted this, uh, breakaway riders definitely wanted to get the breakaway and you can see the profile there, two climbs, another kicker in there and the, kind of the downhill, some windy stuff. And with that in mind, uh, it was definitely going to be a breakaway day. Guys are trying as hard as they can. Um, and does it get a breakaway? Well, you do get a breakaway up the road. These guys are killing it. I don't remember who it was. Uh, Jonathan Milan is up the road as well. Uh, but here's where the crazy stuff starts to happen. They go over this top of this, this first climb or this big climb. And some of the riders are saying it was the worst they've ever felt. It was so cold. Uh, it was all wet. Larry Warbass is saying I couldn't feel a thing. He's shaking. Um, wanted to go back to the car to get changed. Some riders did go back to the car to get changed, and, and then it was so cold going down. Anyway, it was just a big problem. But they go around this corner here, this left-hander, and they're not going too fast. It's not like they're blazing out. And uh, right in the middle there, you can see the pink jersey of uh, Garrett Thomas goes down. Um, uh, Roglic goes down. And so does uh, Tail Gagenhart. And he's laying on the ground. Just um, you can see this here. He's laying on the ground. There's nothing really going on. Um, and he doesn't really get up. And uh, we'll talk about it, go through kind of the whole thing there. But he broke his hip. So, and, and by the way, when some of these, you know, some of these wet roads like this, you, you slide. And it's almost better when it's wet because you just slide and there's not a lot of like grip that's happening to just tear you to pieces. Um, but sometimes when you just fall directly, you know, without much speed, but directly on like your hip, I've had that. I've been in, after a race. I had my bar, my bag of wheels. I was riding over to my car and the gear was too, too hard. And, um, I got stuck and I couldn't get my feet out of the pedals and I just fell over on my side going zero. And what happened with that was I had hip <laughs> trouble for weeks on end months because it was so bruised. Um, anyway, so sometimes that's that's the case, and I, I tend to think either fell on someone or it just happened right. But then right after this, you get Oscar Rodriguez. Look at this. He hit this sign here, but you can see this house is just right on the road. 
Um, evidently, he missed the house, but he, um, both of them, taken away in stretchers. Um, so, bummer for him. I mean, this could have been really bad. You hit your head on something like that, you can end up dying. I don't know what did happen, but uh, Zani for Team Trek hits the front here because they want to to give it to a sprint for Mads Pedersen. Um, in the end, they do pull the brake back and they do get it for um, a, a contested sprint. And um, uh, some more guys are going down in the last 1.5K inside the last uh, cl uh, three kilometers, so it's not much of a problem. What's interesting about this one, we'll go through this last corner here, and they come into the, what, four or 500 to go. Uh, you've got several riders well-positioned. Mark Cavendish's third wheel. He's behind Mads Pedersen, who has a lead out. Everything's looking good. You know, look, things start to just go a little bit weird when you're in situations like this. We saw this before where they couldn't, uh, with Magnus Court Nilsson, stage 10, they couldn't bring him back because the sprinters teams didn't have enough people up there. And that's what you're going to have. You're having a lot of attrition. It's the Tour of Italy. There's a lot of climbing. They get over some of these climbs like this one. And what happened here um, is you just don't hate these great sprint trains. Now, Mads is in good position. He's behind his rider, but... And it's, you can see the road up ahead there. It's a great, little bit of a gradual uphill. You know, launching early, it could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, but he does end up going early. Now, part of this issue you have out here, Ackerman's on. Um, he's up pretty close. You've got way back here. Let's see if we can count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about ninth or tenth, if not twelfth back, is Jonathan Milan. Now, that's not a good position to be in. He messed up by by doing that, and you're going to see. So they they start to head out here. Um, Mads Pedersen's teammates uh, leading the charge. Uh, Mads ends up jumping. Cavendish gets on his wheel and goes hard as well. Uh, Pascal Ackerman of UAE though ends up springboarding past both of them, and you can see it's a drag here to the line. Mads Mads peters out, but over on the far left of our screen, you see Jonathan Milan really making a move. Now coming through that corner, he was like 12th, and it ends up being. Um, where let's see if we could get to that. I had it here when we started here. Um, uh, Ackerman actually posts up and then um, uh, Milan kind of gives him a finger like, oh, but they both celebrated after this. Here's the overhead. Um, you could see this here. Cavendish was doing his best to hold on uh, just to maybe a little bit too long. Uh, Mads Patterson did fade and then Cavendish ends up getting third and you can see the, the, the bike throw here. Ackerman does get him by, I don't know, a few centimeters. Uh, so what's the what's I don't know if we could really break it back through too much, but what's really the the breakdown there? Well, part of it is Milan, great great sprint. Everybody's like, wow, look at all that power. But I remember this when I was first, you know, moving up through the ranks, and I, similar, you know, especially like the cat two, uh, the threes or the fours. Even when I was first going here, I would end up coming to a sprint finish and I'd get like third. I was always getting the top 10 had a good kick, especially compared to like a lot of the riders that were there, but I was coming from so far back and part of it was obviously positioning, right? I was a sprinter. I mean, he has all this speed, but coming from 12 back, that's just, just ridiculous. Now, some of that reason why he's able to come through is because he's actually put himself in a position where he's getting a lot of slipstream this whole way. So there's a lot of timing that's part of this. So he really screwed up by being back so far. Now he's won a sprint here, so it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. Once I finally figured out, you got to spend some energy to be up front to to be in that position to actually be able to use your kick. Things start to turn around, and you start to get wins and and you know much better placings. And then you're going against guys who can sprint well too. So if he had moved himself up, been able to come out of the uh, even out of the wind a little bit, um, you know, later or when he needed to, timing wise, you never know what could happen with Jonathan Milan. Uh, but you know, he was, um, 
he was looking pretty good there. Okay, Brian Jimney joins in. If Cav hopes to win a Tour de France stage, he is going to need more fitness than this. He's getting out kicked 200 meters from the line by second tier sprinters. Okay, um, not not wrong, but I think he is coming through this. You're not seeing um, no, his main goal is the Tour de France. This is a long kick. Mads Pedersen is no slouch. Uh, Ackerman is necessarily no slouch. Now they're not top tier as as well, and and so fitness is a different thing. But you're not seeing Cavendish necessarily fading. I mean, he's still he's kind of kicking up there. He's I don't know how much longer he's going to go. If you were to see him not even be close, and like like this stage as an example, comes through third. That's a really long sprint. I mean, I think Bad's opened it up from 400. It's a long sprint. Cav can do those, but you know he doesn't have a train. All these other issues. So for him, I think you are actually seeing him progress his fitness-wise. He got over some of those climbs with the day before with uh, stage ten, which you wouldn't expect. So I think he's actually going to be um, looking pretty good. The biggest factor you're going to see him at the tour is the team. I mean, Joe Dombrowski, <laughs> Joe Dombrowski has been um, piloting him uh, him along in this tour. Which Joe's like, I, the other day he was getting dropped on the climb. I just kind of kept riding because I'm like, I don't know what to do. I've never helped a sprinter out. Uh, and then had to go to his room afterwards and kind of apologize. And so they've been kind of doing things and he's been trying to help him. Uh, he being Joe Dombrowski helping uh, Cavendish on the climbs. But he's like, I don't know what's going on here. So um, that that's going to be, I think, the bigger problem that Cavendish might actually have. So after the stage, Pascal Ackerman, Milan, second, Cavendish, third. I mean, that's decent up there. Mads Pedersen, Stefan, Sano Oldani, Albanese, Mary Offer, uh, Ballerini, Simone Cassoni, and Arne Maret. Yeah, but you're right. Brian, there's there's not a that's not top tier sprinters. Um, Garrett Thomas finally gets to take the <clears throat> the pink jersey because um, we are boy uh, Remco is no longer part of the race. He's he DNS, so he was in the lead, but they they gave it to Garrett uh, at least let him wear the pink jersey. Roglic two seconds back, Yalmeda. There was a few, I think, um, we could maybe look and see. There was a stage we'll talk about the next one. Let's go right to stage today's stage. Stage twelve, and then we'll do. Maybe we'll, maybe we should, and then we'll do some interviews about both of those and everything. Um, actually, before we get there, let's let's actually take a few looks at some interviews because I think we want to talk about some of those from that stage here. Uh, stage eleven before the start. Let's talk to Will Barta. Let me know if you can't hear this. Will uh, give us some news first. Uh, you, you crashed yesterday. Yeah. 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 It was a pretty heavy crash. How are you? Yeah, dude. Luckily, uh, yeah. No, I have to say I'm quite lucky with the results of it. I mean, uh, yeah, it was a really big bummer to crash and lose the time, but my body's quite okay after that impact. So. And how is the body also reacting after all these days under the rain? Yeah. Really hard conditions. Some riders said they have done a few Giro d'Italia and it's probably the hardest uh, so far. Yeah, I mean, I th I've only done one before. Last year, we were really lucky with the weather, so maybe this year we're paying for it a bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, last week, I think I, I was a bit sick with it and the weather and my stomach and things like this, but luckily now it's been better. And today, do you think it will be a sprint, maybe with Fernando, or do you have to cover also the other possibility of a breakaway? Yeah, I mean, for us, we want it to be a sprint with Fernando, so we're going to do everything we can to control it for a sprint today. And do you think it's today a stage which is um, more favorable for sprinters? Because we have seen two breakaways going to the end uh, on this zero. Yeah. Is the terrain better for the sprinter team? I think it's a bit better. It's, uh, I think it's a little bit of easier roads to control on. And um, the climbs aren't quite as hard and they're more spread out. So I think it should be a sprint today. Okay, well, thank, thank you very much. Have a good race. 
All right. Uh, that's what Will Barta said. So let's do a few more. Oops, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, let's do a few more of these from that stage. I think uh, Roglic said something. That's the start there. Um, sorry, videos. We're on that one. Um, Joe Dombrowski, that's at the start. Let's talk about Roglic in this crash. He got stuck. Can you just tell us how are you? We have seen the crash. Oh, yeah. No, you can see I have still some meat out. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we take a shower and, uh, yeah. I'm still here. So, okay. Huh? Thank you very much. Okay, not, not much uh, saying on that part. Okay, so that was kind of a bust. Uh, Jal Mita at the start, uh, at the, let's see, oh, this is the finish. I do want to kind of get a few of these finish in, uh, conversations here um, about this crash. Here we go. First of all, Garen Thomas, your condition, tell us something about the crash. Dici qualcosa riguardo alla tua caduta e le tue condizioni. I'm very lucky, actually. I'm absolutely fine. I've got a little graze on my hip, but... Uh, the Covey, the UAE guy that came down, I just landed on him. Um, and then the boys behind came off worse, obviously. Obviously, Teo went to hospital. I saw Roglic at the finish. He had a big fleshy sort of cut. So, yeah. And then, obviously, Pavel as well, like, came down pretty hard. So, it was um, really unfortunate, really unfortunate. But you are good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel fine. As I say, I landed on Covey. So, I, was, I had a bit of a soft landing. So, I was lucky. Okay, thank you very much. What did change about the strategy of the team? You had two cars, nowadays only you. Yeah, obviously that changes quite a lot, really. You know, I've, I've said before, Teo was not really a secret weapon because everyone knew how well he was going, but, you know, he was five seconds behind. He was, you know, I do all this and he goes to the bus and rests properly and does everything right. And, you know, he was a great chance of winning this Giro and, um, you know, it would be a massive asset to the team to have two of us there. But, that's bike racing in there and things change quickly and uh, we have to adapt and yeah as I say it's a big loss but you know we have to just move forward we often say that uh, the worst at a crash 48 hours later in 48 hours a uh, mountain stage are you a bit worried about it myself no but um, yeah Roglic he's a tough cookie though he's uh, he's had his first year of crashes and he, he's yeah he doesn't feel pain like most of us I think so I think he'll be fine and hopefully Pavel's good and, um, yeah, we'll see. We saw this little chat between you and Roglic right after the finish line. Yeah, he just came over to see how I was. And, um, yeah, I was okay. I was just uh, surprised to see his hip, really. I, you know, it didn't look nice. Um, but, yeah, just just asking each other how they were, really. Any news about Theo? Because after the finish line, Kun Bauman said that Theo said to him, probably my leg broke. Yeah, I don't know. I think he, um, he's gone to the hospital. I haven't heard anything yet. Um, I heard, yeah, leg or hip, but I don't know. It's all speculation at the minute, but hopefully it's nothing too serious. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Well, it was the hip. It was a broken hip. So it's it's a bit serious enough that it's, um, yeah, we'll, okay, we'll get back to some of these. I, and we're going to break down a little bit of the stages. I want to go through there and kind of see who's been. And, and then there was a, an article. I'll see if I can find it here before we may do it while we're walking through this <clears throat> about all the, the crashes. And who's all, all the abandoned? There we go. I'll have that set up for the next one. Okay, so let's do stage 12. And then we'll kind of just work our way through all of these. So this is today's stage. Um, another another rainy day, brah, to Rivoli, 185 kilometers. Tomorrow's the big one. So when I joined in, there was a breakaway up the field, up the, the road there that looked like it was uh, almost 
half of the field, if not, by the way, Brian, Brian made some comments here. Um, with all the DNFs, it's a miracle. The two crashiest riders ever, Thomas and Roglic, are still in it. Bubble wrap those two. I don't know if they're the crashiest riders ever, but yeah, uh, I get what you're saying. Um, is he calling Kovi fat? Perhaps. I don't know if anybody in the, one of the Grand Tours is fat, but um, he's definitely saying I, I landed on something meaty. Okay, uh, we get her going. Uh, the break just, it, it's up the road. It's a big group. You've got um, several truck riders. You've got uh, Bora rider, an Astana rider, uh, two um, jumbo riders, which are Sepp and Hessman. So it's a little bit interesting in there. And then, you know, they're taking points. They're doing what they can. There's, um, it's, it's rainy. It's gross. 90 some kilometers. This, the group starts splitting off. You get a group of four up the road. Uh, Arlen, um, Scaroni, uh, Tom Squeens, and Breschel. Uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, well, he, he ends up bridging up there. Let's just get up to the road. There's a lot of shit going on here. Um, there he goes. It's an Australian Breswick. I think that's his name. These three are going. And, and as they're doing one of the last climbs here, uh, Tom Squeens is really putting the hammer down. And you're getting uh, – net. what's this guy? Now I'm going to have to look at his names here. Let's see. Everyone probably already knows. I, I, I knew that this morning when I was watching it. Um, Nico Denz, Tom Squeens, and Sebastian Berwick. You had Alessandro Tonelli. He gets dropped first. Uh, and then and then you start seeing some of these other riders. Breswick was having some trouble uh, on the climb. He's really digging deep. He gets dropped, comes back up to Squeens, and then um, kind of takes over himself. And and they were really they were putting the, the hurt to Nico Denz. Um in hindsight, they should have put more of the hurt to him, you know, get him, get rid of him. But you also need everyone to, to, to help you along. Now they had a good gap, two plus minutes or three minutes on the chase group. That chase group had, uh, but, uh, Bert, Betiol, which by the way, we showed his little crash and incident the other day. And then you had Sepkus and Hessman. They kind of all that, that group behind was, was formulating itself. Some dropping back to the main group, some not, but they were like three minutes back. So these guys had plenty of time. Um, at one point here, Nico Denz uh, puts on a uh, real big attack before we get to the finish. Maybe we'll show that yet. Puts on a real big attack, and Tom Squeens is like eight kilometers or so out. Tom Squeens ends up being able to jump across to him. It took him a while to kind of get there. It was a little soft uphill, uh, and and uh, Sebastian had a tougher time getting there. Matter of fact, he was gapped off. But they were then the two got together, uh, the up front Denz and Squeens, and they were trying to pull through, but. Squeens had taken so much effort <laughs> to get up to Dens that he couldn't just pull through right away. So he had to sit on a little bit. All this allowed Sebastian to, um, what's his name here? Sebastian Breswick, Berwick, Sebastian Berwick. It allowed him to, uh, Primatech, uh, Israel Primatech, allowed him to get back up to the group. And then there was three of them. And then, um, and I don't have it here. I was going to snip it off this morning, but, um, then the three of them are riding, and there they you can kind of see here they're trying to get um, Berwick to pull through, and he actually says to them, "I'm not doing shit." And you can <laughs> you can hear it from the camera, uh, and then the GCN announcers are like, "Hey, you know, I hope that didn't offend anybody." I'm like, "Really?" Um, anyway, so he said he's not doing shit, and he wasn't pulling through. And I, part of that is because he was pulling through; he was contributing just fine. And then they attack him, and at that point, you're just kind of like, "Okay, what's the point here? I'm not going to get caught from behind." And I'm definitely not going to have much of a sprint. Um, they come down through the the finish, and you know, none of these. I mean, Squeens has won some races. I don't think the other two guys had won um, 
any UCI races here. So they come down through, and Nico Denz was kind of leading it out. Uh, he hits out hard. They all kind of have a three-way across the road there. Immediately, Berwick is um, distanced, um, has a gap. He sits up, and Nico Denz just drills it to the line. Second German in a row uh, on day back-to-back -back days to win the stage. Tom Squeens puts his head down, can't do much about it, and Nico was uh, very, very excited. Uh, the rest of the field comes in. Tom so you got um, with, with a little bit of sprinting, but um, Nico Den, Squeens, Berwick, uh, Tanelli was, was just hanging out there. Marco Frigo, he did give a shot out for a while. Looks like he got caught, and then I think he must have gapped him again. Uh, Van Wilder, Bediol, Scaroni, Hessman, uh, Alex Bowden. So there you go with the results on the day for that stage. Now, let's just walk ourselves through some of these um, results. I'm going to kind of see who's out and about. And then we're going to also do some a little bit of news stories here. Okay, so I guess to start back with stage uh, 11, which everyone just said was horrible. <clears throat> you started the day here with some DNSs, uh, uh Gundin, Kaido, Van Durham, Vermaka, John Hurt, Joseph Kearney, Cantaneo, Oscar Rodriguez. Those are all the DNSs. And then the DNFs were just the two, Oscar Rodriguez and Teo Gegenhardt. Um, anybody losing big time on the day? I mean, 18 minutes out, 15 minutes out, which is pretty good for uh, how you consider um, – Joe Dombrowski loses a bunch of time here um, – how you consider how bad the weather was. Now everyone just hated it, um, you know, for the most part. Everyone kind of got up and over. Um, so, you know, we've talked about the GC for that one. The points, uh, Jonathan Milan still in the points jersey. KOM, Davide Baiz, um, good 54 points over Thibaut Pino. That's going to change tomorrow, I imagine. Um, Jao Amita is a young rider. I, I had said Remco. He's he's going to be winning this, but obviously he's not in there. And, oops, uh, youth jersey and the team's jersey uh, goes to Ineos Grenadiers. Um, that's on that's through stage 11. EF moves themselves up to second place. But now let's go into... Stage 12, we already saw that. Let's go down to the bottom here. Once again, uh, Kobe, that's who uh, maybe he wasn't so fat because uh, <laughs> he got landed on uh, by um, uh, Garrett Thomas. We just heard that. He's a DNS for the day. Uh, Van Hauke didn't finish. Uh, Caden Groves quit. Uh, Miguel Shirell quit. <clears throat> and then you're getting guys coming in You know, 25 minutes out. Uh, for the most part, everyone was at kind of in that 20 range. Um, Joe, Jay Vine losing another 20 minutes. Um, Dombrowski said he was sick as a dog, so he's, yeah, I don't know, 20 minutes out there. Um, it'd be nice to see him. Will Barta made it in with that the main group. Um, so nothing real big there. Sepp Kuss ended up coming in. Um, so just want to talk about that real quick. You have Hessman. Um, let's, let's say here. What does... What days does the trainers recommend a muscular recovery day for the Giro d'Italia? Now they get a they get a massage. That's a Victor. Thanks for your comment. Uh, they probably get they, well. They do get a massage every day. Okay, so that's that's the first part. Um, as far as a recovery, they ha they have two rest days usually on the two Mondays. The first Monday we just had, and the second Monday they're just having it again, <clears throat> or they'll have it this next week. Uh, and that's really all they get. And and you hear writers say different things. And I, I'm not sure if this is exactly what your question is, but um, you, you hear writer or yeah, writers say different things. Some say like Lance Armstrong was famous for saying during those rest days, he would ride hard 
because he just you don't want your body to kind of be in this weird state of relaxing for that. So for him, it was almost more of a pain. He'd rather ride through and not have a rest day. Other guys, especially if you're not feeling well, if you're coming off a crash, you know, just said Roglic is having some flesh wounds there. Um, sometimes you need those days to help you get through or just an extra day of recovery that you might not have. So uncomfortableness and whatnot. I don't know if, you know, so it's everybody's different on those. As far as your recovery goes, I mean, you, you could only do so much. So <laughs> you've got, you know, every day you've got a stage, you've got something to do. Um, it's, it's what it is. Um, and you know, hopefully they're, they're getting their massages and everything else in, there we go. Let's go there. Okay. So back up just a bit. Sip is in the, in the break and you're like, why is, why is he up there? Cause they had a climb. He could definitely, he wouldn't be dropped. He kind of wasn't in that group. And then he was kind of up there group. I tend to think that there's a few things. One, I don't know how or why he got into there, but he was. Um, maybe they were trying to move some things up for Team GC. Maybe they just wanted someone up front in case something had happened and you had to fall back for it. Um, maybe they, because it didn't look like they were really going for that stage win with here Hessman until like it's too late. That's when there's move. Tomorrow is a big day in the mountains. So they're going to need Sepp Kuss and they don't want him, you know, out. Maybe they were concerned that um, there's uh, crashing or whatnot. So just get you guys out of there. I don't know what the point of having those two up the road. But nevertheless, they they were up there. Um, what I do want to look here is to uh, take some took a GC and we'll start walking our way through these teams to just see who has got uh, five riders for AG2R, Alpeson, four, Astana. They they've got a full a pretty full contingent. Uh, Bahrain does as well. Bora, they're two, four, six. Kofidus, about six or seven. EF, two, four, six. Elo, seven. Green, same. Groupama, six. Enios, six, two, four, six. Um, so they're, you know, they're down. And, and it's more concerning with the, the big teams. So maybe I'll just uh, jump to the some of the big teams. Jumbo, they what lost one. They got two, four, six, uh, eight. So did they lose anybody? And they're looking pretty good. Uh, movie star, they're down one. Sadal, they've got three left. So it would have been really interesting to see how they would have done with Remco with uh, the whole team getting wiped out with COVID. Um, AG2, Arkea, sorry. Comatech, DSM, they're a little bit shy on the teams. Uh, Jaco's still up there. Trek, nice contingent for them. So look, uh, a lot of the teams are still doing fine. That will be an interesting thing. I, I, I did look at some stats as far as like uh, races before, how many they've lost and whatnot, you know, due to weather. And the weather is always going to be bad in Italy. So this isn't an, an abnormal thing. People get sick all the time. So, yeah, those issues going through. Um, all right, there we go. Okay, I wanted to bring up, let's do some interviews uh, after the stage of 12. I think there's some, uh, maybe possibly some things we can uh, learn from here. Interview at the start of stage 12, Joe Dombrowski. Non, je parle juste pour le Giro, Nathan. Joe, uh, well, tell us, how are you? How are you surviving that terrible Giro with terrible conditions? How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, it's it's not been super this last week. I was I got sick uh, around the day of the TT and just had, well, I mean, even yesterday I had to stop on the side of the road because I was, yeah, like a lot of vomiting and diarrhea. And so I'm just... Personally, I'm just kind of looking to survive these few days and then uh, I hope to do a good last week because 
actually my condition before the Giro was quite good. So if I can get past this illness, then yeah. You're not the only one, but you're quite unlucky then this year. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of riders in the bunch that are sick. And uh, yeah, my I mean, my thinking is like, if you can just survive, it's better to survive. And then you have a chance the last week to maybe to win a stage. But if you go home, then yeah. And so I will ask your, your expert analyzers, what do you think of today? It's a good, a good one for the breakaway. It's going to be for the breakaway, I think, yes. Uh, for who? We could put 30 names on the paper, but a good climber, but maybe also a climber who can finish fast in a sprint. Uh, because I don't see any team looking to... The only team maybe who would control is for Matthews, but then also you can put Matthews in the break and maybe he can win, so... We'll see. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, All right. I don't think Astana's gotten a stage win yet, so they're still kind of hoping for that interview at the start. Uh, let's see, pre Primos. No, I was away, huh? so a couple of grams lighter. <laughs> Tell us how are you, yeah. Primos, after yesterday. Uh, yeah, like you saw, uh, yeah, lost a bit of, of meat, so a bit lighter. But how do you feel this morning? Stiff a bit, I guess? Yeah, 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 everything uh, a bit, but uh, we'll see now uh, on the bike pretty soon how it goes. Uh, but yeah, keeping uh, positive and uh, yeah, keep smiling. That's quite a crazy hero, no? I mean, between the COVID, the crashes, how do you cope with that? I need to survive. Uh, it's really now, uh, I mean, at the end, uh, yeah, you have to be through uh, and it's not, uh, how you say it, like Rocky said, how much you can hit, but how much you can get hidden. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we are still here, and uh, yeah, we go on. Yeah, keep a big smile. You have, Thank a, you. You have a good, mo you have a good morale. I mean, you keep a big smile even when you crash. Yeah, I so. mean, yeah, of course, you need to. <laughs> yeah, he's a positive guy, but he does crash a lot, so maybe that's why he's always smiling. Um, Garrett Thomas, uh, here, Nico, this uh, here, Bergewick. This is a short one. Berwick. Like my sort of last opportunity, I guess. But um, yeah, just in the end, they were a bit. They were strong enough to stay with me, and then yeah, that flat. I got yeah distance on that last attack, and it was a bit a bit like fuck, you know. Uh, yeah, I didn't have much left. Car, cars were cramping a bit, so that's how life went. So yeah, didn't have much in the sprint, obviously. You know, 58 kilos versus 75 is a bit hard to win, but you know. I tried my best out there, and um, yeah, we'll go again tomorrow, I guess. You kept on fighting. Yeah, well, obviously I kept fighting. It's a Giro stage, and I was in the hunt for a win. So yeah, you never know what happens, you know. Stephen Bradbury and all that. Eventually. Yeah, hopefully two seconds and a third now. So yeah, we're biting at it. So yeah, we hope it comes soon. Thank you. All right, that's the last one. And so we do Garen Thomas, perhaps. At least uh, that's him at the start. Let's go to him at the finish. Garen, uh, I have to say it was an easy day, but this may be, it was maybe a quieter day finally. Yeah, probably the best weather they've had in the jersey so far. And uh, yeah, the most uneventful, which was a nice feeling. And uh, for the boys, they made the day possible. Like that it was incredible. They, Got the right break. We weren't too bothered about how many, as long as there was no one on GC. And then, um, yeah, the boys rode all the way to the line then. And, um, yeah, you know, Swifty Puccio early on. And then Pavel did about 40 OK on the front. So I think he showed that he's uh, he's a tough cookie and he's um, he's all good. And how do you feel after the crash of yesterday? 
fine. I've only had a tiny little cut on my hip. But uh, yeah, as I said before, I landed on top of Kobe. So uh, it's a soft landing for me. What do you expect about tomorrow? Is it a big, big day for the second week? Maybe not the only decisive day, but a big one. What do, you, what do you think? How do you see things? Yeah, it's definitely the first big, big test. You know, we haven't really raced to the top of a long mountain. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It's just, you know, I think the weather's going to come into it as well. It's bad conditions. So yeah, we'll see. Thank you. All right. And, and yeah, Brian, I will take a look at the course profile in a second here. Uh, let's, but I wanted to take a look first at two um, news issues. So first one we'll bring up here is um, talking about Teo Gegenhart abandons after fracturing hip. That's kind of what he's sitting third and he went down. He was riding really good. It's a little bit of a bummer. Um, However, Gegenhardt came down the heaviest, unable to cushion his fall, like uh, Garrett Thomas did on Covey, um, which left him on the road while others remounted and continues racing. Shortly afterwards, a 20-year-old was put in the back of an ant race ambulance on the back of a stretcher heading to the hospital in Genoa. Later on Wednesday evening, the team confirmed that he had suffered a fractured left hip, which would require surgery. It's too bad. Immediately following the involvement in the crash, today's stage 11 of the Gerald Tao Gagenhart was transported to a local hospital in Genoa. Indios Grenadiers posted on Twitter after a further assessment imaging confirmed that Tao had sustained a fractured, a fracture of the left hip, which will require surgery. Tao, the thoughts and best wishes to our fellow Grenadiers are with you tonight. The statement continued. We wish you a speedy recovery and know you have what it takes to come back even stronger. Um, you know, look, I hope I, I just, I hope it's not too bad of a of a problem. And the reason I'm there's a there's a few people that have had these kind of bad wrecks. Um, you said Yosheba Baloki, he's the one that famously. Um, let's go to this one. He's the one that famously crashed with Lance Armstrong when he went through the field. Uh, he high sided, went over, broke his hip, and he was never the same. He was I don't know if he just wasn't getting the drugs uh, coming through correctly, but um, he was never quite the same. Uh, and you've seen the the crash now. Tail is much younger. Uh, and then the crash, obviously, that was much worse than probably what Tail has here, but uh, Froome, and he's not quite been the same either. Um, let's take a look at this. Sepkus gets his fingers caught in spokes. I could change a derailleur battery, but taking off my shoe covers got me. Um, I was taking off my shoe covers, and my hand went into the front wheel. <laughs> now, maybe that was today. Maybe that was why he was chasing back on. I can change a battery, but uh, taking off my shoe covers got me, he added joking how he had managed to change a battery in his bike at high speed during stage three, but was not so lucky this time. The 2023 Giro Italia has been beset by crashes. Jumbo Visma leader Primos coming down stage 11, along with Teo, leave the, left the race with a broken hip. 28-year-old Cuss is now a seasoned professional. Remember, one is stage in the Vuelta and one in the Tour de France. He's now seasoned, he appears to understand that crashes, injuries, and daily stress. Grand Tour racing is part of the sport. There's been a lot of incidences. That's unfortunate, but that's how it goes in pro cycling. Sometimes these easier, quote, days are when you can lose the most just by bad luck. It's important to do these uh, days as best we can. Um, saddened by the tail crash, he's Primo's crashed, but compared to tail, things can always be worse. We know that, he said. It's best not to think about it too much because if you start to worry about it, then it costs you energy. Crashes aren't Things you can control. You have to focus on doing your best, staying healthy, and staying out of trouble. Um, Primos is good. Even when he crashes like today, he can always look on the bright side, and he's still in a perfect place. The hard stages are coming. I think he's feeling good, and I think he's growing into his best form, so we're excited to see how the Giro plays out. Now, possibly, I mean, it, the, part of the problem you may have is 
um, you know, just the recovery from crashes that we've that we've that's difficult to do. Um, let's go through one thing here: the tour abandons. This was uh, kind of an interesting breakdown. Um, stage one, you had war one abandon. Stage five, and that was due to illness. Then a fractured pelvis for Conti. Undisclosed reason for Remy Roaches. Stomach problems for Sinkdalam. Uh, stage six, just one uh, Clement Russo uh, COVID. That's when you started seeing all these COVID ones. Uh, stage six, stage seven, you had two COVID. Um, then you had stage eight, you got COVID, stomach problems, gastroenteritis, stomach problems, undisclosed, stage nine, crash injuries. Uh, stage 10 was the first big one that took a bunch of people out. That uh, Remco ran, COVID, COVID, DNS, pre-planned rest. So Stephen Kung was evidently planning to come out, but I think he had not been feeling well either. Uh, COVID, uh, Vivo, Mad Schmidt illness, Schmidt Bystrom, COVID, stomach problems for Rene Terame, diarrhea. <laughs> it's bad enough. They can't just say stomach problems. That actually had the list. This dude has diarrhea, people, and uh, we need to put it on the official record. Scotsman, uh, Scotson had COVID, crash injuries with Tusfeld. Uh, Patelli had an illness, uh, Fetter an illness, COVID for Vlasov, COVID for John Hurt, Vervaka, COVID, Caneo, COVID, Cherny, COVID, Von Drom, COVID, Gondin, COVID, Flu for Tetsvacion, uh, Cairo had illness, viral illness, who knows that is, uh, AIDS. Isn't that Gagenhardt uh, <laughs> had a crash and Rodriguez had a crash and then stage 12, Kobe crash, stomach problems for Caden Gro uh, Groves, Cheryl stomach fatigue and stomach for Von Hauka. I mean, none of, no one, only one of them had diarrhea in the field. So that was, uh, that was a bummer. They had that list, <laughs> the list at the end. I had diarrhea. Oh, let me, two stories. Uh, Sepp Kuss getting his hand. I, I did that once we did a race when I was racing out in Colorado and, um, Race was done. Teammate and I just decided to go for a ride, and our uh, team, um, uh, swan year owner, whatever, gave me some gloves. I just wanted some gloves. It's kind of chilly. So he gave me these gloves, and they just have to be like motocross gloves, I, which I never wore before. Put them on, and this is back in the days before the wireless stuff, and I had a uh, mount down to my computer sensor on my front wheel, and I was kind of jimmying with it, and I got my hand stuck into the front spokes, and it immediately just, boom, put me over, uh, did a flip on my back. Um, I still have a I ripped those gloves open, but if they hadn't, they were like motocross and super strong. And 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 if they hadn't abandoned that kind with the extra padding on there, I just was wearing them to keep warm. I probably would have ripped my thumb off. But I mean, I have a huge scar on it still to this day. <clears throat> Di diarrhea story. Uh, doing a race out Garden of the Gods. Uh, Lance Armstrong. Everyone was out there. I think it was '96 because everyone was kind of gearing up for uh, Columbia. That's where the World Championships were that year. And um, I wasn't going to go to Columbia for the world cha championships, but no one wanted to go train there because Columbia was so dangerous. So they came to another high altitude place, which was Colorado. And we were putting on this big race. I got so sick in between. Um, I drank some water, I think the week before that was not potable from a race. Um, and I had, I had mass. I was doing the bike race with a bottle of Pepto in my back pocket, um, drinking it. It was, it was a, a lovely, lovely experience. Um, I think that's, oh, let's look at the race profile for tomorrow as Brian wanted us to do. All right, there you go. So, uh, 199 kilometers. So it's still a fairly long race. Um, let's go here. Try to do something. 199 
times 0. 0.62, 123 miles with, sorry, I probably could have done it in an easier way, but um, 123 miles is still a long slog with a cat one, uh, a bonus sprint halfway <laughs> up the next cat one. Come on, people, that's a stupid place. Uh, top of the cat, and then and then you have uh, last cat one. So three cat ones. The last one's 12.9 kilometers, 7.3%. The other one, uh, second one is 15.5 kilometers at 86 Another one is 25.9 kilometers at 5%. So that one gets a cat one grading just by the long distance, not quite as steep. Second one's a little bit more steep at 8.6, which means you're going to get some, you can see some of these here. Uh, the Montagna, although they did say, I think maybe this is the Montagna. The finish is going to be changed. Uh, I did hear that news uh, flash on something. So this this might not have the right finish on it because they said with the weather and everything, they weren't able to get up to the top. So um, I don't know if we have anything on cycling news about the next day. Let's take a look here. Zero uh, stages. I don't see. I'm not, I'm not. Oh, there we go. Stages. Stage 12, stage 13. Um, I mean, they have it there. They don't really say. They don't say anything here about it being changed, but um, I, I think it might be. So keep that in mind. Might, might not have that kicker at the or they're going up a different route or maybe it's shortened. I don't know. But I did hear, I think it was cycling podcast said that um, the Montagna and I wasn't sure which stage they were talking about, but it looks like it's tomorrow. So there you go. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. Uh, what is tomorrow? Tomorrow's Friday. So that we have that. I probably should have uh, not taken this down. We have that. And then and I think that Saturday is not so good, but I think Sunday might have a stage that's somewhat exciting or somewhat okay. Um, while, while this is going out, I'm almost there. Stage 13. Okay. Stage 14. Um, hang on. Hang on, people. Stage 14. It's got one climb and then flat, so that won't be a problem. And then 15 is – that's mountainous too. But it's a, it's a downhill finish, so I don't know. Uh, tomorrow, big day. We'll see if uh, Roglic is recovered. We'll see who else can do it. You may have Luke Nason winning this thing by everyone else just crashing out. Some guy that's maybe Will Barta has a chance. <laughs> 23rd place. He ends up coming in the wins. Like, is this how you wanted to win? Nah, I'm fine with it. All right, everybody. Till tomorrow. See you. Bye.